what is going on, guys? Here we are. Season two. It started. Welcome. My name is Benny Wasu218. I'm running this insane, crazy game that we have going on for season two. Weird. I'm running a game, not playing in one. This is A Walk Among Gods. This is a deified Greece. That's the easiest way to describe it. I'm taking Greek mythology, putting it into a D world. See what the hell my players do with it. Don't get too crazy, though, because a lot of these stories, a lot of the people may have been changed to fit the narrative that I need to have them do. So, for all you Greek nerds and Percy Jackson nerds out there, some stuff will be changed at my own liberty. I can't run a game without my lovely cast of players, so I'm going to let them have them introduce themselves, any other projects they're doing, any other that fun jazz. We'll start with the first person on my screen to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mikey. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, then. Hello, Internet Land. This is Mikey, I guess the Grand Pooba proprietor. See, here's the problem. They give me too many tiles that I have to throw them all in there. But I am the founder of the Vi Tribe. but I am not running a game this time. I am in the player seat for this one. I'm equally terrified and excited at the same time. But you can follow me all over the internets at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow all of us collectively at Vibe Tribe Productions to stay up to date on everything that we got going on. Because who howdy, it is a lot, but it is a good time. I am super excited for tonight. I can't wait to see what characters everyone has come up with, because that's always one of my favorite aspects of these session zeros is seeing how everybody creates and gives personality to the characters and also to see how crazy the concepts can be because I feel like mine's pretty tame and based on conversations that happen outside of of recording. Ooh, howdy, we're going to see what happens. But I that is my introduction, so I will leave it to you to introduce the next person. We'll go ahead and just move our way down. To uh, we'll say theater club because that's not the name I see on screen, and then we'll have a go from there. Sure. I don't know if you want me to use your government name or your Discord name, so I'm gonna go with the Discord name and make it safe. That's fine. Hi everyone, I'm Theater Cub Seven Nine, also known as Damon. That's my real name, uh, my government name. This is all new to me. I'm a new person on the Vibe Pride Productions season two. I'm very much looking forward to this. Let's see. I am. And I just changed it because I have a not safe for work Twitter and I have a safe for work Twitter. And I was like, let me put the safe for work Twitter out there. So I am DMA Gamer79 on Twitter. I am a podcast co-host of a podcast called Cubs Out Loud, CubsOutloud.com. We are a bunch of bear cub-ish type guys talking about any fucking thing we want to talk about. And it's a weekly podcast and... We've been going on for quite a while. I'm actually in my 10th year on there. So that's my little plug of things that I do. I am really excited to be a part of this. I love D&D. I've been playing D&D. We were talking earlier since 3.5. I fell in love with 5th edition, and I'm really enjoying what you can do with it. I'm also, like Mikey, am looking forward to what characters we do and what characters we create. And I am a excited. Yeah, that's me. Awesome. We'll go ahead and keep moving down to the con. It's me. Hi, everyone. I'm Connor. We're in the con on Discord right now. I also am brand new to season two of Vibe Drive, which I'm very excited about. A good friend of mine clued me into you guys last year, and I have enjoyed everything that I've listened to so far. I'm really excited to be a part of it, and I'm really excited for this game. I'm a big fan of Greek mythology and of tabletop role playing in general. 
and I'm really sorry about my character, but it'll be fine. It's going to be great. And I have a very small social media footprint. If you think you can find me, go ahead and find me, and we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. Beautiful. Next up, Amador. Hello, people. It's Amador. You're, I guess, now slightly not normal guy. I've been here since season one. Y'all know me as your favorite ankle-biting goblin in, what was it, Call of the Deep as Corvus, previously Caillou Dadro, and for Sato, rest in peace. Gonna play, he's in the new game that came up with one of the guys from for Sato, but today I will figure out what I'm playing. So yeah, I don't have anything to plug. I just come and play D&D. Awesome. Last but not least, at least the people that are here, Chris. Oh, hi. Uh, this is Chris, also known as Riku. You can find me on the social medias as either PupRiku or PuppyRiku, depending on what app you're on. You can also find me here on a lot of things, even more things now here on the Bike Tribe. If you were listening during season one, you know I am the DM for the Academy, and I was also on Friday Night Fights and on Furusato. But here for season two, you'll find me on three shows playing games. Uh, you'll find me on Tavern Tales, you'll find me on uh, Tavern Tales, Brave New Wild, as well as here on A Walk Among Gods. You'll also find me DMing Crystal City here in Season 2, as well as our Season 2 of The Academy. Holy crap, there's a lot of stuff. So you'll get a whole lot of me. I'm also working on a website, which is hurting my brain right now, but it's okay. I'm here to hurt other people's brains with my character that you're waiting to see. I would like to make a disclaimer and apologize. <laughs> Save me! Uh, it's all good. It's all good. I really enjoyed this group. I really enjoyed the people here. And I'm so excited to get involved more here. As well as some new faces around here. And I am, no, I am of course, familiar of the Cubs Out Loud podcast. I think it was a, I was a guest on there a couple times. Yes, uh, so definitely check that out as well if you get a chance. We have one more player, but he's having power issues, Mr. Kilt. He'll be introduced when if he gets power or later at some point. But I do have one more player. Again, I'm the Dungeon Master, Mini Mossy 218. Government my name is Evan. I was on season one of the Five Tribe, part of the Academy for season one and Friday Night Fights. So if you guys ever want to go back on our catalog and watch those, it'd be awesome. But I'm also for season two, of course, running this craziness of a game. And I'm also going to be on season two of the Academy, reprising my role as the rat scared human Rashmi. But yeah, we're here to get this started. And I'm trying to figure out how the hell I want to start this. This is interesting. So one of the things that I decided to do as a DM, which is going to hurt a lot, it's not going to hurt a lot of DMs' brains, but it's going to make them like, worried because I told my players one thing that DM almost never tells their players and I told them the power game and I told my players to min-max build those powerful builds let's do it let's have fun because I also have a master an evil DM brain and I want to show people out there that we can have these awesome powerful characters these awesome powerful builds and still have engaging fun times with our combats with our encounters within a D story that's what I wanted to do Everybody seemed to like that idea, and here we are now. I'm running this. So, a couple of you guys already had your characters made. So I've seen a couple of them, but I'm going to just go ahead with everybody, have them introduce what they're playing, the thought process of making the character, a little bit about that character, then we'll go ahead and move on from there. 
And if we get through this quickly enough, maybe we can start a little bit of that role play and see how this script's going to melt together in this crazy ass world. So we'll start the other way this time. We'll start with Mr. Riku and see what he has going on. Here. All right. So the character I decided on. So this was a character that I've been wanting to play for a while as the new things have been coming out with. Dungeons and Dragons, especially my style, if you are familiar with a lot of games I play, I tried to put a little bit of a modern twist on my games and my characters. But with a lot of the stuff that's coming out, I can put on a twist while staying in the realm of D&D. So my character, his name is Chronix Calhoun. He is an, as, as many said, we're going to be level 3, so he is actually a wizard artificer multi-class currently specifically on the wizard side of things being a across wizard mm. dealing a lot with time manipulation luck manipulation and a lot of that fun fun stuff and i really wanted to do that because given the fact that we're going into ancient greece the idea of a lot of those historical events and being able to manipulate when and how that happens seemed intriguing to me so yeah so that is the character that i started off with here very smart man very weak it's a wizard little squishy boy <laughs> little squishy boy but that's why i took artificer first so i could get that armor yep I see. squishy gotta love the squishy wizards <laughs> yeah but, uh dip artificer for that medium armor and shield proficiency thank you it's gonna watch out for that d4 stub toe damage also, his in focus is actually a pocket watch. So oh. he basically, with a lot of his move, a lot of his abilities, he'll click the pocket watch to, to activate it. But yeah, that's my character in a nutshell. There's one. We got five more to go. Mr. Amador, what do you got for us, my man? All right. So I'm not going to say it's set in stone because I will adhere to party co- cohesion, but. If I was to pick one right now, I had two. I'm going to Artificer, but just Artificer. Warforged Artificer. I was going for a, a an assassinish build. A lot of high damage, lots of sneaking. But that's where I'm at an impasse. I don't know whether or not to go Artillerist or Armor still, but details will come. Either way, but yeah, I've always really wanted to play in Warforge. That's mostly what I've always wanted to play. Be a little bit more like robotish. But specifically for this guy, I wanted him to have a stint of amnesia where he has some protocols that he remembers. So when he's in combat, he has like that that will that not will wisdom in him that gets him that gut feeling so he can fight efficiently. But he's I still don't understand where that's coming from. Yada yada. But yeah, definitely gonna be level three artificer warforged i'm a little healthier than the average warforged because i did or artificer rather because i did spec into constitution so i have a 16 in that so yeah beautiful connor okay so i love monks monk is my favorite class float in a distant second is ranger but i love me some monks and so i made and brought back one of my favorite monks to play his name is delta delta comes from a different section of the multiverse whatever rules that makes totally fine he he's a reborn so delta died in his original 
place, and he just keeps soul hopping into new reborn bodies. So this time he's a little Frankenstein-y in that he's got like a hobbit feet, but he's still like a normal human. Yeah, he's got one orc tooth, and none of that matters at all to any mechanical anything. It's just for flavor. But he's a way of mercy monk, so he uses his key to heal and cause harm. And he's all about his friends, and he loves his friends, and everyone is his friend until they stop being his friend. And then you're no longer friends. But he's a sweetie, and I love him to death. But yeah, reborn monk, way of mercy. He does have a magic background, if that's okay with the min-maxing, of doing a modified version of the Lorehold Strixhaven back ha- background to give him some utility, a cantrip type stuff. And uh, yeah, he's there to help. That's his whole thing. We got, I'm going to punch you, you're healed. Dr. Slappy. Dr. Slappy. Damn it, what you got for me, my guy? Oh, gosh. So, I have so many characters I built. Um, and the good news has been that none of the none of that has been mentioned has been what I want it to be. So it's, oh, cool. I could I have all these options. Or, oh, shit, I have all these options. But the one that I built first and the one that I'm kind of, I think I'm going to go with here is uh, oh gosh I'm trying to pull her up it is her name is loris her she is a eladrin cleric and she is a uh since you put this in D greece i made her a follower or a goddess to or whoop, not goddess a cleric to selene so the moon goddess so there's a very much a very moon theme to her that I went with twilight being that it's in between day and night, but I that idea behind her being more associated with the moon. But she, the general idea for her was, since I made her kind of a Ladrin-esque, is similar, I think, to Amador. He is here but she doesn't know why she's here. She understands, she's been here for a while, she's an older person, but she found herself here in this world and doesn't understand, she understands some things because she's been around a while, but she has pretty much been, I gave her the urchin background as a, she's been on the, she's been around the world or she's been on the streets and what have you for a while. So she doesn't really know much more beyond that but she is trying to find her way and along the way she found the temple and that's where she stayed and practiced their things and learned more about life here so she's going to be oh she's going to be very wise because she's a cleric but i dumped stat at her intelligence so she's not going to (laughs) be the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree, but she's capable. She likes to protect and she knows what she wants to do, but that's her in a nutshell. And I think I'm, I have several other characters built, but I think that's the one I was more drawn to than the first one that I built. And I was kind of like, yeah, I like that. So good, we have a cleric in the party. Beautiful. <laughs> We're gonna make it. We're gonna survive. And if it does, if it makes you feel any better, literally my second character was going to be a divine soul sorcerer. So I was definitely I am I love playing clerics, but I know that they're not the only ones that can heal. All right. He made it. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the bald kilt. 
Hello, everyone. I have power. Yay. <laughs> so, if you want to do a really quick kill, just a quick introduction, like beginning of game introduction, and then after that, go into like your character, what you're playing, and have that, and we can, yeah. Okay. So, hello, everyone. I am Goatman42. I am one of the many individuals from within the Vibe Tribe. So, quick and dirty with this character. His name is Michael Portsmouth. He is the former portmaster of a specific city that we will not go into. A dump stat at his strength, because he's a half-orc. So he has a... But because of that, he has a 10. He is a ranger, because that's just what made sense to me at the time. He's very stealthy. He He's very charismatic. You can always find... He has a stack on him. And also, he does a lot of fucking damage. Look at all these dex builds. I'm a... <laughs> a lot of strength saver throws getting thrown people's ways. That's what I'm hearing. I'm proficient. <laughs> I'm proficient. It won't uh, help, but I'm proficient. <laughs> Mikey, what do you got for us? Okay. So, I had a bit of an existential crisis because I'm like, what do I want to do? And I'll be honest, I procrastinated a little bit because I'm like, I don't know what to play. I don't know what everyone's playing. Ah, uh, what do I do? And then I went back and I went through this. So this is my notebook of character builds that I have accumulated over the last three years since I've been introduced to D&D in general. When you're stuck inside for a long period of time to kill the boredom and to kill some time, I was like, you know what? Let's build some characters and see what happens with that. So as I was going through my notebook, there is one particular character that I forgot that I've made that I've always wanted to, but it's just been collecting dust for a little bit. And I figured this is the perfect game to do. I am bringing out Rolando or Nasca. He is going to be your Oath of Vengeance Paladin. <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure out what my favorite classes are to play. So the last three years, any chance I've gotten, I've been playing different classes to see which ones I like. And I have grown an affinity to paladins, though I may or may not be using the things the way that they're meant to be, but why not have a good time with it? The problem with this one is that wisdom is supposed to be a good high stat. I created that as a dumb stat just to give it for some flavor wise. He's very strong, just not very wise. And I gave him the soldier background, which we can figure out all those details later. But I'm really excited to play this character. He's going to be giving all the smites, all the stabbies. It's going to be a good time. His Majesty returns! Yeah, just as a disclaimer, this was a character that was in a previous game that unfortunately fizzled. And so I'm like, you know what? Let's bring him back and let's see what he can do. And let me see if I remember how I did everything. <laughs> yeah, same with the portmaster it was the same game i was just an npc I, I love this character very much i put so much heart into him i love him so much therefore why not put him in a game where he potentially might die in a couple sessions <laughs> i know right I'm, uh, sorry to interrupt mini i forgot to mention one very important thing he does have my, the portmaster does have a little thing on his hip it's a little stuffed platypus i'm gonna tell them right. so that's between me and mikey that's my gaggle of players over here. I'm not trying to kill you guys, okay? I'm going to put that out of the way. <laughs> it's definitely not going to be DM versus players. I'm not going to... You guys might, in the back of your minds, hate me, especially my spellcasters a little bit. 
because some of this stuff I can, especially after level five. But oh dear, that was I'm excited for this, guys. All right, so I'm gonna go over a couple things that I do as a DM. My house rules, starting with how I do combats. I don't do turn-based initiatives. I do side-based initiatives. So what that means is all of my guys will roll their whoever's on my side will roll initiative, and you guys will roll initiative. Whatever side rolls highest goes first. It helps incorporate some better teamwork, because now my our paladin doesn't have to wait four or five turns for the wizard to go to cast haste on him to do all this stuff, or whatever the case is. It allows my players to be able to do their teamwork, pull off those awesome wombo combos, and pound some shit. But that means I get to do it too. Yeah. But I've been doing turn-based initiative now for a little over a year, side-based, and I love it. I'm also very theater of mind when it comes to my maps because I'm not very tech-savvy, so I'm not going to be cool running the forge or anything like that. So I'll be very theater of mind, so if you do need distances or anything like that, just feel free to ask. I will probably have those down. I also do a thing called luck checks. So sometimes it's based off if you found good loot or if you want to do something cool and I need a quick way to resolve it without having to look up the rule book. I'll tell you to give me a luck roll. Uh, a luck roll is just a base T20 roll. Nothing can interact with it except for the lucky feet. So whatever your roll is what you got. But yeah, those are everything else will be base rules. And if there's any other changes I need to make, I will adjust them on the fly. I'm pretty good at doing that. And also feel free, feel free to ask questions on how certain interactions work because you guys might see some stuff you guys probably haven't seen before or might be something new that you guys don't think would work but actually does work. Or if something's pissing you off, let me know so that I can explain, like, why can't I counter this guy's spell? Well, because of this. Kind of stuff like that. After the games, and also be explaining, one of the things I'm going to do is I will be custom building a lot of uh, monsters for you guys. Or I'll be taking stats and changing them, adding stuff. And that will also be on display for you guys if you guys roll high enough on nature checks to learn about the monsters. I will actually be posting in the player handout area the stats and the character monster sheets for these monsters because I also want to show you guys also because there's DMs here on how to incorporate cooler mechanics into your guys' monsters without having to be like, oh, I just made him like a 39 AC with a million hit points and hits for plus 50 without having to do all those number buffing. What you guys can do to add some craziness to you guys' monsters, you guys' encounters. So yeah, always feel free to ask me questions. I always answer them to the best of my ability. So one of the things I want to do to understand your guys' characters' personalities a little bit, how this is going to start is you guys all received a letter of some kind from a man named Romulus. And for those of you who are a little bit more on the shady background of things, Phil Romulus is this higher up, kind of like an aristocrat, but not exactly an aristocrat. He resides in Thebes. But you guys know Thebes is a very crime-ridden city. Like, it makes Detroit look like a, a utopia. You guys know he's one of the higher-ups over there. And you guys all received this letter, because you guys are level 3, so you guys aren't bottom of the barrel just starting out adventures. You guys have some sort of renown. To you. you guys have all have completed something of some sort, giving that renown. Now, here's what I want to do, because I want to know what those things were. To get to know you as players. What you guys think you characters have done to get your name out there just a little bit. I think that's a good way to do a little bit of a minor, more character introduction. And I want you guys to try your best to do this in character. Like you're telling a story of what you did that got your name out there. 
I'll kind of give you guys a second so I can explain. I'll let you all think. I'll explain to our lovely listeners a little bit more about the world itself. So, the reason why this game, it's another fun thing. There's so much stuff I want to do in this game that I haven't got to talk about yet. One of them is going to be the reason why this game is called A Walk Among Gods. Is there's something you don't see very much in DD games? Is the Greek gods themselves will be walked, walk, they do, they actively are amongst the people. So, there'll be multiple times throughout this game where you will run into deities themselves. You can be in the most random scenario. It's, oh shit, here's Hermes giving us a message. And he's there. That's Hermes. And you're like, wait, what? That's a god like right in front of me. You don't normally see that very much in the on the prime material plane of a god popping in and saying, what's up? That will happen multiple times. So also that means be careful. Don't piss them off. Because they, you guys know the Greek gods to be a little petty and spiteful. That is something they're pretty known for. I will won't try to smite you. But it's not off the table. Just as a fair warning, that is something that can happen. Especially with certain more some gods more than others. Another thing is some of the most of the most of the heroes are alive. A lot of the big name ones. Except for one in particular that is something that you guys have you will know is that Hercules is dead. His body was found in a cave about a week ago. That was addressed in a letter that was sent out and it was a big news that was spread across the world within Greece that one of the main heroes, one of the most notable people here was found dead. A lot of the beginning heroes actually have in a single adventuring party that kind of did things, so Theseus, Perseus, Hercules, and I think Jason were all together in one adventuring party. Because this is D, so we have parties. But yeah, that's the current situation of what's going on. Hercules was found dead. You guys received a letter from a man named Romulus who heard about you in some sort of capacity because he all completed some sort of task or did something to put your name out there. And I don't know what those things are. So we're going to figure out what those things are. And I'm going to start with the person I'm the most curious about. That's Kill. Michael Portsman. Hey, so. Michael Portsmith. Or the Portmaster Michael Portsmith because he's a PMMP. Not literally, but we'll go with that. So the Portsmith himself ran a port for the longest time, then got fed up with it and decided to be a captain of a ship. And he sailed for a while and was actually a pretty good merchant. That's where he got some of his fame, met Rolando. He's a, he, he's a very jovial guy. He, as I said earlier, he's known for having snacks on him at all times. And he has a little stuffed platypus, which I'll go into detail later. But the reason, which is actually the reason why he left the, running this very influential port and became a sailing merchant. He became a salesman on the seas. Beautiful. That's not the direction I thought it was going to go, but it's, I like it. No problem. Because originally the character was developed. When he was originally developed, he was developed as the portsmith for a major town within D&D lore of Baldur's Gate. He was on the council of the city. And his major desire was actually to own a ship and just sail. And just go and sail. But he was stuck where he was until certain actions happened. And then he was able to leave and follow his dream. So I'm just basically continuing that story. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited that you're going to continue it with me. That's dope. Lado, what was your claim to fame here? (laughs) Okay. So... The interesting thing about Rolando is, I'm changing it up a little bit, but the interest, 
Rolando is what is considered a prodigy, especially when it comes to the art of the sword and the lance, which he is very proud to have that pedigree. He was actually taught by his mother, who was also a renowned lancer, so to speak. He really didn't have a desire for anything like adventuring or things like that. But the reason that he decided to take up the mantle to go adventuring is he's actually taking his mother's place. So she would go about the mercenary for hire, so to speak, and just do whatever needed to be done. She on a mission got injured and therefore she was on the mend and therefore her skills of are taking a pause real quick. So in order to keep the facade up and to keep that name up, Rolando decided to take it upon himself to be a substitute in his mother's place and go about continuing her work under her moniker. But because of the fact that no one really knows exactly who or what the moniker is of the Crimson Rose, Nobody has really seen them. So for all people know, Rolando is that person, but he knows damn well that he is not. But he is out here in the world trying to be a mercenary help in any way he can, while also living a double life, trying to keep the name of the Crimson Rose alive, instill the intensity and intimidation that the name may bring, while also trying not to have an existential crisis and a panic attack underneath the crushing weight of expectation. But that's the normal. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> awesome. I'm beyond excited for all this. Thank you. You wizard. Yeah. So, <clears throat> no one really knows where Chronic's cut came from. He really didn't realize where he even was until weeks into being in Greece. But he's definitely attracted a lot of attention with how he likes to do things. He's very specific in the actions he takes and very intentional about each move that he makes. But his curiosity fights with that many times. When it comes to his magic, the fact that he can bend the fates to his will so, almost made him feel a little bit better than even some of the gods. Now, of course, he knows he is just mortal, but the fact that he has this kind of power does throw a little bit of ego in his mind. And so, throughout town, he'll kill Wav here and there, and that is probably the idea of who the hell is this weirdo is just how he's been noticed around town. He's an odd fellow, I'll tell you that. The crazy magic man that may piss off the fates. I am really hard trying to not make him the doctor. As much as I want to, I oh, am no. not going to do that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> The doctor. Damn it! What, what do you expect from a nerd like me? Okay. I, yo, I. That's exactly what I expected. <laughs> I almost took Tinker's tools as my focus and took a screwdriver. You can. <laughs> you're an artificer. At some point, you're gonna have proficiency in every tool. Oh, this is gonna be fantastic. 
Oh, so I've been thinking and thinking about something. And the main, I think, since I made her kind of new to this world, I I have a feeling that she arrived at a very opportune moment. A creature of some, we can call, we can do Cyclops, we can do something. A creature of the gods was attacking a city and she appeared and saw that people were being hurt and harmed and using her abilities, she was able to strike this thing down. And because it was in such a public place and in such a public space with many people watching, she got this notice and the rumors spread about this weird little girl. What else says that? I'm not going there. But this weird woman that appeared out of nowhere and struck this thing down. And that's this, I don't want to say hero worship thing, but this kind of like moment where, oh gosh, like suddenly everyone knows her or wants to know her. And it's been great for her because she's no longer sitting around in the streets doing nothing. She's gotten, because of it, maybe she's staying with a, a family that is t- helping her and taking care of her because they were saved by her. I've been sweet and simple and to the point. I think I have the perfect monster that you took out. You took out an Ampuza. They are the one half-legged, the one leg, one leg of bronze, and then one of them, kind of like a bronze leg, followers of Hectate, the goddess of magic. They're the closest things we have to demons, which Got I think it. is fitting for a cleric. Yeah. They normally, I think they believe they can, they drink blood, Weird demon, vampire, goat-footed, normal Greek monster stuff. Yes. That's and it, they come out at night, which is also fitting for your character. Yes. Perfect. And I'm going to need the spelling of it. Got you. E-M-P-U-S-A. Oh, I also apologize in advance. I'm going to butcher so many pronunciations of these things. Fine. Just put it out there now. I will butcher a lot of words because this is Greece and it's all weird. Yeah. Connor, what did Delta do? So I think what happened with Delta, there was a monastery up in like secluded that was like a like a library, right? And so some bandits or a warlord or whoever it was moved in and took over, and they ended up killing all of the monks in the monastery. And then that night, a big wave of Barovian mist came through, and from those corpses stitched together the body that would then house the spirit of Delta. And that, so he then went through them very horror movie-esque, brutally, and as you do when you're a, when you're a freshly born zombie. Um, and then from that, sorted through the memories, the tomes, the books, the scrolls, everything, kind of neatened everything up like a librarian would, and then just walked down the hill and asked if he could help the local town. Told them what happened. He carved it for himself to hide his, like, zombified face. And he has one brown eye and one glowing green eye that he can't really hide or anything like that. But, okay, bye. Yeah, so he moved down from the from the monastery and started working his way down the path and eventually got the thieves just helping whoever he could. This, this very credulous and adorable dead guy. Adorable tough guy. 
All right, so get a little bit more of the backstory. There's a small, it's not small, but it is one of the few city states, Eritrea, E R E T R I A. It is on the northern po- west coast. There is where you found a small library. That's where all this happened. And then you moved your way down towards Thebes. Thank you. Amador, what did your unnamed. I oh, yeah. Your character, by the way. Unnamed Warforge do. His name is. So I'm going into the whole robot thing. So his name is going to be F 4WK35, or as others who hire him call him Fox. And Fox has a peculiar beginning. He woke up, or I guess activated in a random part, if I may, in Thebes. And that's how it all started for him. Him waking up in Thebes, he had one designation, and that designation was taking jobs. Doesn't matter how gritty it was, doesn't matter what what it had him doing. He was designed to do one thing and one thing only and it was to take jobs but within these jobs he found his niche he found out that he was really good at hunting hunting men hunting beasts he was good at espionage that's what he really shines in and for him to receive this letter fox would have have done a favor for him and would have probably poisoned one of his enemies or took him out however he wanted it how he wanted it and he did it in such a manner where it was almost like second nature but the thing about fox is he's not this brooding evil character he's a little peppy he has a pep in his step and he speaks a little higher and he doesn't he's more like a c-3po more than he is like a assassin droid from star wars or something he wants to interact with people and get to know them and yeah Sweet, short. So what I'm hearing is we have C-3PO, the Doctor, <laughs> and Perry the Platypus. Ladies and gentlemen, this is sponsored by Disney Channel. All right, I'm oh. David Simone, and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, my goodness. Disney, please sponsor us. We need sponsors. Selena Gomez and I share a birthday. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Not the same year, but the same day. So it's called All right, I'm going to go over it because I am... Absolutely god awful at memory character names because I'm just bad at names. So go through and make sure I got everybody's character's name right. So, critics are playing Chronix Calhoun. Awesome. I'm going to forget that about another 14 times, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to playing Fox. Yep. The awesome robot assassin boy. That fucks. <laughs> of course. I. I, I didn't want to make the joke, but I'm just like, that's why I'm glad Kilt's here. No, th- I was already thinking someone's going to say fuck at some point in this campaign, and I'm going to make that joke, and he's going to be super adorable and airheaded about it. And we're, it's like we're way into the recording, so that's fine. <laughs> if I feel like editing it out, I will. <laughs> <laughs> just do duck sounds with the wank. Our platypus sound. That's what's going to the platypus yeah. sound. I'll just say goose sounds from like the goose game, the ha ha. Alright, so we got Connor. He's easy. Delta. Yep. It's not a hard one. Damon, I didn't make sure I said that. It's Loris, right? Loris, yeah. Loris. Yeah, L-H-O-R-I-S. Loris. And then Perfine. P-E-R-P-H-I-N-E. Spell that one more time. The last name is P-E-R-P-H-I-N-E. I had I put I had to put that PH somewhere because of the whole mm. yeah. Got it. 
and it randomly showed up, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that works!" Nice. Michael <laughs> killed by Michael Portsmouth. He's saying Michael, so that's an easy name to remember. Mikey Rolando. Mr. Rolando, Rolando or Nasca. Or Nasca. I'm not even. I was like, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. I feel like every time you say your character's name, Mikey, there has to be like the little Spanish like guitar whip. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Be like, my name is Rolando or Nazca. Ole. <laughs> I want to grab my guitar, but it's too far away. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was going to do the A minor chord. Awesome. I got my cast. These are the guys. This is what we're playing, guys. We're the dudes. Yep. The dudes. The dudesons. The godly crew. Or godly something. Godly gang. The godly yeah. gang. Starting from a session zero to a session zero point five, so we're gonna go ahead and actually start a little bit. If that's okay with you guys. Sweet. Probably won't get. Into, hopefully not getting into combat. If we get into a combat, no. Bet. All right. So, like I said, he has all received a letter from Romulus asking you guys to meet you in, meet in Thebes. So, for the users who've been here in Thebes, Thebes is a weird kind of city. It's a large. It's one of the larger city states. Not as large as Athens. Uh, but it's fairly large. Because dude, it's known its normal ruler is oh, I'm trying to look how to pronounce that. Oedipus. I think it's pronounced it's Oedipus. He's the normal ruler of Thebes, but he's been dealing with Thebes, which is known as the city of Thebes. Haha. But how the city is built, there's actually in the center of the city, very it is a large dome. About two miles. Think of the super dome, but bigger. This dome is where uh, the people believe the only safe spot. It, that, but it's not. You don't have a lot of access to this particular area. You have to have like money to get in, and that's why everything on the outside is rough. But you guys know that Ramos told you he invited you to the dome itself. There's only one way in and out of said dome. That's actually where all you guys happen to show up at the same time. Weird. Sundials all lined up. You may have run into a couple of con men trying to sell you all broken sundials on the way here. Some of you may have to chase a perp or two or stole a coin purse, but these all made at the same time. Standing outside the entrance to this dome is a large stone door that is just a single door that opens in and out, and it's, it is a thick door because they don't want to prevent people from getting in. And standing there is... you. You six, six random, ran, in, this, in this case, random individuals chosen by one wealthy individual in front of this big ass stone door with a ratty looking city behind you because it, it is not very pretty. Think of like wherever you live, the ghetto, it looked like that, but worse. It is not very good outside this dome. And here's where we leave you guys standing in front of this big ass. Stone door. Middle of the day. Delta turns and looks at everyone and goes, Hi, I'm Delta. Nice to meet everyone. Why do you have a mask on your face? Oh, because I look like this. And he pulls off. It's like a half mask. And he pulls it off. And he looks, like, not good. He is, like, all sunken in and gaunt. And from a distance, he looks like he's diseased, but no close. It's like, this dude was cobbled together through something. Puts it back on. Better. Yes, definitely better. Uh, wow. Hi. Thanks. Delta, is it? Yep. Anyway. Uh, 
I'm Loris. Hi. I'm not going to touch you. I'm sorry. But no, um, it's okay. I'm just gonna wave from here. Hi. Did you I'll hold up this letter the letter. Did you get this as well? I got mine. Oh, cool. And then I'll turn and look at the the rest of this, let's see, robot man work <laughs> and what have you, and be like, oh, hi. Hello. Okay. Hello. I'm no robot. I'm a warforged. My name is F dash. Sorry. I forgot. Just kidding. I'm Fox. Were you all invited to this? Do you, do you know who we're looking for? Exactly. I think we're meeting this Romulus person. Ah, um, yes. Did you shut off? What was that? Uh, okay, okay. Never mind. I am, uh, and you are? <laughs> oh, e- excuse me. And he's going to do a little, like, robotic bow. Oh. oh. <laughs> Percy. Oh, yeah. And Delta, like, folds in half at the waist and then comes right back up. It's gross. It's real gross. Does he do that? Yeah, these bones aren't really, like, my bones, and the skin isn't really my skin, so. Can I touch it? Sure. Can I touch you? Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. Fox is going to scoot over. Oh, before I touch you, I'm Fox. Oh, hi. I'm Delta. We're friends now. We're friends now. Yeah. And he's going to... talk to us later. God, that's gross. And he's going to poke at his... Like, what his bicep would be, but it's more of something. Yeah. I believe this is is what they call the latissimus dorsi. It's a bit flabby. Yep. I think you should get that checked out. Yep. It's okay. I'm not a doctor. Neither am I. Cool. I'm sort of a doctor. Oh, am I okay? No. Oh, you're not. Okay, <laughs> that's good. We're fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Oh my god. Why do I imagine Delta walks like the dude that got taken over by the cockroach alien from Men in Black One? Yeah. No, that's a hundred percent it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. That is exactly it. Um, that or Monty Python Silly Walks, right one of the back. two. It's kind of a hybrid of the two. It's fun. And uh, Fox is going to, after poking the softy flabby piece of meat, he's going to turn to, is again, it's Ronaldo? Rolando. <laughs> Rolando. Okay, just had to ask if there was an end in there. And Fox is going to approach Rolando. And you? So, in front of you is a human male dressed in all black attire. Looks at you, Fox, and goes, Ah, yes, my name is Rolando Ornasca. It's a pleasure to meet you. And gives a little bit of a bow and kind of stands back up. Fox is going to give one kind of back, but a little bit more rigid and, again, robotic. And, again, I am Fox. And I'm assuming you and amongst the rest of you have received the same letter? My most certainly holds up the letter. I don't know exactly why, but eh, I figured, why not? I got nothing else to do. I see. I forgot to ask my supposed flabby friend there, but what do you do? What can, what are your abilities? Oh, wait, me? No, Rolando. Oh, okay. You're flabby. I know your abilities already. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I can do this. And takes out his lance and does 
spins it a little bit, does some tricks with it, and puts it back. Be like, what a peculiar hiring group our friend here has hired. Well, and kind of looks around at everyone. This is, should be... What's the word I'm looking for? Interesting. Yeah, we'll go with that. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting is a wonderful word. And Fox is, after talking to Rolando, he's going to approach Michael Portman and... The Portsmouth. <laughs> the Portsmouth. And he's going <laughs> to do a little slow, like, crouch and come to level with his platypus. Is your pet supposed to be like that? Why, well, yeah. See, my pet is supposed to be this way. He, it is just a little memento of an old friend. I wish I could remember my old friends. Also, hi, I'm Fox. Greetings. I am the Portsmouth Michael Portsmouth. Wow. That's a very interesting name. I see that we're going to be great friends. Yes, and I hope so. I would love to. Would you like a cherry? Sure. And he's going to grab a cherry and just to his face, just straight. Excellent. Sometimes I forget I have no mouth. But see, that was if, slightly disturbing. I'm but if I did, back but if I did, I think it would have tasted rather nice. I always have treats on hand if you need one when you finally get a mouth. I don't think my creator would like that if I knew who he was. Either way, what do you specialize in? What do you do? What makes you the Portsmouth? I actually am a I used to run a port, a very influential town. And then I became a, a merchant. I used to sail around. But now I just help those who need a port. He raises his hand and goes, that sounds like nominative determinism. You creep me out and I don't know what you just said. What? Yep, I get that a lot. What? Please disregard my flappy friend. His name is Delta. We're friends now. We've been friends for yeah. five minutes. Very interesting. You'll forgive me if I stay over here. Yeah, Throw a treat fine. at you if you would like. Would you like a cherry? Oh, I don't eat. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to stay over here. <laughs> I will point out, Delta does not smell like death. He just smells like a normal... <laughs> I'm sorry, friend. You look Delta. like death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he looks of death. He is of death, but he does not smell of death. Great. I'm going to stand behind Michael. And Would you like a cherry? Sure. Here you go. Thank you. Oh, wait. Nope. That, nope. You can tell we're all adults here. <laughs> Day zero. Yeah. Freezing incidents. So after a while, I'm assuming somebody eventually just knocks on this big-ass stone door. Yeah, after everyone kind of introduced themselves. I Chris didn't get to say, introduce himself. I was gonna say, throughout all of this, Chronix has walked away from the group and is like studying the wall and it's like any of the carvings, what kind of stone it is, and it's just wide eyed and just studying in it, in it, not paying attention to anything that's going on behind him. So I will step behind Chronix and get uncomfortably close to his face from behind and be like, so what are you looking at? Chronix yelps and jumps like five feet in the air. 
<laughs> startled by that. I'm like, why you sneak up on me like that? Didn't sneak. I was very loud. I'm. I'm wearing chain mail. I'm yeah. Did I roll perception to see? No, he's so freaking oblivious to when he's Dude, like, like your passive has become like zero for this moment. Yeah. Yes. My investigation is high. <laughs> You're investigating a wall so intently you don't even notice the chink. Hi. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of jumps. He's all startled and he's at the point of trying to catch his breath. Well, I did just was checking out this door and the designs and how it was made. And I think we're all supposed to be here, so I will reach past him and knock on the door. It, when you knock, like, it's the door seems to almost have a weird, slight glow to it to the point where it just, like, some sort of magical went off and that knock. You're knocking on a thick stone door, so you don't expect the knock to be very loud. But it sounded like it was a loud knock. You're like, damn, I didn't know that was that strong. Like, it was a loud knock. It seems like the door is enchanted with some sort of thaumaturgy for some sense. Oh, wow. And you see almost materialized in the just plain stone door a slit, a rectangular slit, and it slowly grinds open. Like kind of a pair of eyes you'd see. Hi, R R Romulus was expect. You guys are big. Romulus was expecting you, and it closed quickly. Closes after a couple seconds. After about 30, 45 seconds, the door slowly begins to open. Door is opening. And you see, standing in this big ass doorway, is a frail-looking human male. With salt pepper white hair, wearing nice, very nice clothing. He seems to be incredibly nervous. Like his eyes are darting back and forth between, especially looking at the large paladin and the half dead guy. Very nervous in his appearance and looks. Just, and he like quickly bows, but like also jumps at the start of his own start of movement and knees himself in the head. He's like, oh, hi, my name's Hector. I'm here to take you to Romulus. And he, like, bows again and does not, and avoids complete eye contact. Hi, Hector. I'm Delta. We're friends now. As you said, he, like, said that and he takes a small step back. Okay. It's this way. Please follow me. And he turns around and it has a brisk pace. Shall we go? Yeah. Sure. Delta's already following him. <laughs> I will follow, like, ten feet behind Delta. <laughs> yep. I'm... Uh... Chronix is following behind at a slightly slower pace, just taking in the environment around him and seeing all there is to see. So, all of the shiny. <laughs> upon initially walking into this dome, just not much. It's kind of a weird entryway. It's about nine and a half feet tall, but in a weird half circle for about 30 or 40 feet. And then it opens to this massive area like i said it's about two miles full of people ranging races wise to really most races and you see a line instead of having a lot of there's not a lot of buildings here you see a lot of would be like stop vendors that have like their own carts there's only as you guys walk in it's a large empty space there's not there's only about five or six buildings here and you guys can quickly, after looking, you can see one is probably a living space, and one is a tavern. 
but the one building that catches Galaga's eye in the center, it looks to be almost like a replica of the Parthenon in Athens, but flipped in color. It's black instead of white. In the dead center, it's the biggest thing inside this entire structure. And that is exactly where he's taking, where Hector is briskly walking, taking you. Every time a person gets too close to him, he fidgets and jumps away, being super nervous, head down, going. You see a group of, it's just, like I said, different people from different walks of life just walking, but they all seem to be, not different walks of life, they all seem to be different kinds of people, but they all seem to be more on the wealthy end of things. And some of them seeing you guys are like, why are they here? These guys don't have money. Where are the rich guys? Uh-huh. Like, you just kind of that, like, thought process of, like, when I'm going through seeing with you guys' passive, investiga- passive insights, that's the vibe we're getting of, like, the, the guys are getting a lot of second glances, especially the Warforged and Fox and Delta. You guys are especially getting a lot of second glances. Delta, just because, by the way, you move. It's very strange. Like, I'm waving to every human, like every person around. I'm waving and introducing myself. Constantly. You get a couple, like, of, like a couple of like, uh, hi, but most people just ignore you and turn turn their cheek or just don't get a lot of interaction. You have a couple kids that start to follow you because they think you're interesting and funny, but their parents quickly grab them and pull them away. After a little bit of a walk, you guys do make it to this large black pantheon, but. It's enclosed, so it's not open like the one that we see. It has a large set of double wooden doors where you see Hector pulls out a large sig- a large key, a single key that is like a dagger in size and puts it into the door. He goes, sorry, my boss likes to make things big. And he opened the door and he pushes it open and I'll give you guys inside. Once entering this large part of it, it's like almost like an office building in a sense. People at desks working, people running in and out with stacks of paperwork. It's not something like with parchments and scrolls, and it's not something you would expect to see. An office building here. I go, sorry, these are just his personal assistants trying to make sure everything is. Never mind. Who's your boss? The one that called you guys. Oh, and he's the boss of all this. It, yes. He's taking you back to the backside of the of this building where he opens another door and kind of takes you guys to this back and going through this area very nicely, like almost velvet rugged. Very nice area. And normal, this is where things kind of get a little weird for you guys because walking pictures on the wall, paintings. But instead of depicting the normal gods you guys are used to seeing, you're seeing a man carrying fire to a group of people. A man with a large scythe looking, what appears to be picking up a rock and cons- a picture of a large man that appears to be looking like he's carrying the earth. And for those of you who are my more studious, I, I'm going to go ahead and just give it to everybody. I need some history checks, please. First roll of the day, serving it up many monsters away. <laughs> Dean. I roll 14. Okay. Thirteen. Twelve. Here we go. So seventeen minus one is sixteen. I got a ten. I'm just amazed by everything else because I have a five. <laughs> wow, that's funny. So the only person that actually got this, was our cleric, Loris. So you're the only one that recognizes these because 
it is something that you guys, you know, this is almost not forbidden knowledge, but not well-known knowledge. These are depictions of the Titans. And it's almost like a taboo to have these up, because it's these aren't... These guys try to kill our gods. The hell's going on with all this? The rest of you guys... Some of you guys, like, maybe like, you have to stretch the ones closer to 15 on the rolls. I think this is the Titans, but you're not 100% sure. You're the only one that's, oh, yeah, that's, you don't know who any of them are. Yeah. But you're like, yeah, these are the Titans. These are the Titans, guys. These are depictions of the Titans. I thought they were forbidden. I don't know. Weird. You just, like, when you're in your city saving everybody, you just happen to stumble upon a forbidden section of somebody's library and read about these. <laughs> that one book I read. Um, the... Yeah, these are depictions of the Titans. Hector turns around quickly and goes, shh, don't mention the gods around here. And turns around and keeps going to this large set of black doors. Interesting. As he, he walks and stops, there's a, a, essentially like, an, like a, a, a an entrance map there, and he walks over and pulls a lever and gets kind of here a lot. Then he steps on the map and makes a quick knock, and you just hear a very low voice Yes. They're here? Oh, yes. Bring them in. He turns around quickly. Okay. You walk in. Or at least I do. Doors opened up to a large... The office is dark in color. Like, he has dark colors everywhere. The carpet itself is like a wine red. Everything seems to be accenting around that. I'm not good with colors. But everything seems to be dark in the color scheme. And sitting behind the desk, and you guys know this is very strange to see, especially somebody like this and have this much power, this dark purple tiefling. Do you guys know tieflings to not have the best time around these because they're, people don't like the fiend blood. But sitting behind the desk is a tiefling. And wearing a very nice formal attire, very dark in color, with his, his large horns that stick out that add another like two feet to his height he has a bottle of wine and a big old bowl of olives in front of him ah yes the six i called for please come in have a seat hector runs over and fills up six glasses of this wine and has it set down in front of you wherever what do you guys see he kind of looks over to the fox has the wine glass ready Looks to Romulus, looks back to Fox, and Romulus goes, goes, set it down, be polite. Yes, sir. And he puts it down and he just runs off and scampers and just sits, basically a little child's chair on the side of the room. It's the only off-cutting, off-putting because it's bright yellow. And there's dark-ass office, bright yellow kid's chair (laughs) where he sits, curled up a little bit. Ah, yes, you are the... Six, I was not expecting some of you to look the way you do, but you just have had some stories I've heard about you. That's why I've called you here. Please, help yourself, sister. All this was imported from Athens, which you guys know have the finest of wine and olives, as much as I hate those people. Take the glass and switch it. Take a sip. Oh, it's... Some fi- it's like this bottle of wine will probably cost anywhere between 15 to 20 gold so this, this is like an expensive ass bottle of wine in the sense that like high end liquor cost about 
a gold piece. <laughs> so this is wow. This is very tasty. It's the best. I like to help those who help me. No. Why I called you? He stands up. His tail kind of flicking behind him. Very tall. Even without the extra two feet of horns, he's standing at about six foot two. So with his horns, eight foot two. Very nice, formally dressed. Glass of wine in his hand. As you guys have heard recently, that's Hercules has fallen dead. And another one of his members of his group has also gone missing. Who? Theseus. And he had something that I wanted. Basically, what I'm going to ask you to do is find the item. I don't give a fuck about Theseus. I want his yarn. Use to get through the labyrinth. I feel like you guys have some of the best chance of surviving where he last was seen, which was at the center of the labyrinth. I feel like you guys will have a good chance of retrieving this item for me. And you guys will be paid handsomely for this retrieval. Now, anything else that you guys find may find in the labyrinth is yours. All I want is the yarn. You, you don't have to raise your hand. You can speak freely. Okay, why do you want the yarn? That's on a need-to-know basis. I don't need to know? You do not. You just have to bring me the yarn. Oh, okay, yeah. We can do that. I can do that. Can we do that? We can try to do that. <laughs> oh, handsome is handsome. I may be Warforged, but like most beings in the material plane, I need money to survive. I need money for upgrades. I need money for goods. How much is handsome? I think that's a fair question. Great. There's six of you? Correct. Let me do my math. He pulls out. He's doing a little bit of math. The price of handsome usually depends on which brothel you go to. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? Yes, you, <laughs> you know you did, Tim. <laughs> 80,000 gold apiece. Okay, oh, I'm in. Okay. I'll spin that yarn. Yep, done. <laughs> if I may. And just for a moment. 80,000 gold for each individual here. Yes. What are the risks? What do you expect us to do when we get in there? We get the yarn. It's the is labyrinth. He may have slain the Minotaur once, but it's not dead. It does return. Lovely. And there's other monsters and deadly things within there. Plus, you could run into Achilles or any of the other heroes that are searching for Theseus, and they figure out that you're working for me. So we it could are... not end well. So we're doing this mission... On the low. On the low. It's a good thing I'm ranked in stealth. Me I'm too! Not... You don't have to be stealthy, but don't let people know you're working for me. What if they ask? What if they pay more? Nobody's gonna, gonna pay more. Gonna pay more. You me. never know. You never know. My dearest Warforge, yeah, I do. I am paying you guys close to five hundred thousand gold for this mission. That's a lot of gold. That's an important yarn. Incredibly. And like I said, everything else you find without the labyrinth is yours. I just want the yarn. Maybe Theseus heads if he's dead, but that we'll discuss that one at a different time. We have to go to the labyrinth. Get to the center and get the yarn. Yes. Um, if he's dead. If he's not dead, you might have to kill him. Killing part is not hard for me. It's getting past everything else and potentially a hero. 
That's why I call all of you. I feel like you guys all have the potential and the abilities to do so. That's fair. If I knew the emotion, I would feel great how you say flattery. Lovely. <laughs> I suppose I can throw my bits and bolts around to get you some yarn. Is that another phrasing? No. No, not yet. Okay. I can wait. Starting to counter for phrasing now. <laughs> I'm going to do the bod. I think that will be... It'll be tons of fun. You don't have to raise your hand. Yes, Delta. Sorry, I forgot. Where's the labyrinth? Everywhere. Nowhere. Is there a particular point within the vicinity that we can enter, or how far... There's an entrance in every major city. There's one in Thebes that you guys will be escorted to. (laughs) Oh! Duly noted. Thank you, sir. No, the labyrinth does change and shift constantly, hence why there's no maps. You guys will have to find... Basically solve the riddle of the labyrinth to get to the center. Get through all the monsters. Perhaps a hero or two. Get this yarn and make your way back here. Who's the... You guys are sitting. I think... Chronix, can you make me a quick perception check? Who? Chronix. Chronix by Dr. Dre. The Chronix is his Greek, like, brother. <laughs> You're on mute. I believe he knows he's muted. I am muted. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> we gave him the benefit of the doubt, and... Mm. It's been a while, all right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is session point five. We're, we're getting there, okay? okay. What I was saying was... We had our first rolls of the game, and now we had our first natural one of the game. Oh, okay. Woo! You're more busy kind of, like, looking around. You don't... I am oblivious. <laughs> yeah. right You're now. like, 80,000 gold? I'm not, like, I have, like, dollar signs in my eyes. I am, I am like, money my own money. Okay. I'm just... <laughs> then this will be our first luck roll tonight. Michael, give me a luck roll. Oof. All right, Port Smith. Okay. Oh, he wasn't here. So, one thing... Wait, sorry, which Michael? Yeah, he- that's important, too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Michaels. I'm saying, I'm saying character name. Oh, okay, so the pimp. You want the pimp. Got it. Not, <laughs> not the pimp! Wait, wait, wait. Actually, can I use my chrono shift to, as a reaction to all that? Sure. Ooh, I forgot about that. Go for it. Already. Already using features and traits. There we go. Love it. Sixteen. Alright, you see halfway hidden on his desk behind like a book is a piece of paper that says Attempts at Yarn 14. So I'm gonna turn to turn him like so has it who has done this before? And As you ask him, he looks at you quizzically, then looks down, sees the paper, smiles picks his, kind of slides the book back over it you guys will be group number 15. Oh! 15 is such a lovely number. That explains why it's worth so much if whoever succeeds. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, might you be willing to tell us uh, what happened to group well, I just haven't heard back from them in a few weeks, so I'm assuming they're dead. Uh-huh. A good inception! So Could we... Oh, please, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Could we maybe have a list of 
who came before us. I have that because I would like to remain anonymous, so I don't like the names or receive names. That is a good point. Never mind. That is a creepy point. Also that. I agree. If I may, he is sending us onto a suicide mission. Yes. With all due respect, it's dear, it's near suicide. This it's mission impossible. impossible. I want to say that. DC has got through the labyrinth. That's he one. He has a yarn. Right? That's the whole thing, right? Like, he used the yarn to guide his way. I mean, he, he had the yarn. You guys have six heads. You guys are like a Hydra. Potentially zero. Hydra. Oh, not the Hydra again. Our cleric compatriot seems to be reevaluating the decisions they have made. You're all going, right? Of course, 80,000 gold. That's a lot of money. Yep. That's firepower under my belt. That is jobs completed. Steps closer to my creator. And then he's going to grab an olive and smash it in his face again. Delicious! We're going to need to hose you down, aren't we? Nonsense. And then he's going to pull out like a little napkin. So proper. I would... You are a weird one. Mr. Fox. A lot of us are weird here. But weird is nice. Agreed. I wouldn't want you all to die. That would not be good. Questionably, I cannot die. Honestly, it's not too bad. You forget it after the first couple times that it happens to you. See? He understands. That doesn't make it any better. But silver lining. What is his mouth like drops and the olive that she was trying to put in there just pops out. Oh, please. Uh, Delta's gonna reach oh, over and grab that olive and try and put it back. I will take it from you. There you go. Delta, I believe that's rude. You're you have to ask first. Oh, sorry. Can I please have that olive back? I want to try again. It's already in my mouth. Okay, next time then. Sure, okay. I guess we're doing this then. Wonderful. This causes for a celebration. Hector! Please, sir! Get the bottle. Did we not just have a bottle? That was appetizing. Ah! As I, like, down it because I'm freaking the fuck out. Hector takes off really quick, by the way. He seems like he's way faster than what his little scrawny frame should allow. And he comes back with this solid... It looks like it's made of solid gold. This... Is the finest money can buy. What you drank was the funniest. It was the finest money could buy legally. This is the finest money. What the finest money can buy. And he sees he pulls out smaller stock glasses, and he pours this gold liquid in every single one of them. Nectar, with the God's drink. As he sees, he says God. Almost like it, like, almost like he spits the word out. That's what they drink. They may be rat bastards, but they damn know how to drink. Amen to that. When you consume this liquid, you will gain the benefits of a hero's feast. Uh, but only for a shorter period of time, so instead of being 24 hours, it only lasts for eight. I believe it lasts for eight. I think it only lasts for eight. Hold on, let me double check. I don't get that spell yet. Yeah, it's a six-level spell. Yeah. So, 
I'm gonna roll two to ten for you guys. It lasts twenty-four hours. So this one's only gonna last for eight. That's the wrong thing. Where's my dice roller? There it is. All right. So just so you guys know, you guys will all have a hit point maximum increase of eleven points for the next eight hours. Nope. You guys are immune. You guys are cured of all diseases if you guys had a disease. So Michael, that gonorrhea that's been messing with you, it's gone. <laughs> Look, I would clap back against that. But and this is when we get demonetized. <laughs> Just kidding. Immediately. <laughs> when have we ever been monetized? Isn't this going on YouTube or something? Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we just can't. Nine more. No, we're good. We just can't cuss within the first eight seconds. And we were fine. Uh, as I start the countdown with three, two, a fuck you. Because you're also immune to poison and being frightened. Cool. And then all wisdom saving throws will be done at advantage. All right. This will last for the next eight hours. But it tastes. Think of a drink you've had. And this is where I'm getting some Percy Jackson inspiration here. Because I like the way he describes this. Think of a drink that you've had when you were, like, as a child that just makes you happy. Like, a nostalgic list is incredible. That's what it tastes like. Mm. So, what? We're talking, like, Yoohoo? Or are we talking Yoo-hoo. freaking Ghostbusters High C? Whatever makes you the happiest. Ecto cooler. I'd say horchata, but I had that when I was an adult. It could be horchata. Whatever makes horchata. you the happiest. That's what it tastes like. Now, if I had that, he didn't drink any, by the way. He just looked at it and I was like, I know it tastes good, but I've had my fair share. So, is there anything else you need to me before you send, before I send you all out? Items, weapons, armor, health potions, firearms. I don't have those here. This is. What? This is not that establishment. This is a fine establishment. We don't carry those archaic weapons here. It was worth a shot. Potions I do have. Make it easy. You guys all receive two healing potions. Thank you. Sweet. Uh, and also to make it easy for items, anything you guys have in your current starting equipment, you guys can have one of those be a plus one. But these are on loan. You have to return them once if you guys return. Got it. So one thing that we are that is currently on us. Yes. We can make a plus one. Yes, that includes yes. Your spell focus can be a plus one. Oh. I won't take the plus one. I can just make it. Solid. <laughs> I forgot artificer. <laughs> artificer. I'll have to have to have the artificer make us some fun time stuff. Uh, yeah, like one of the. One of the things I took was the goggles of so I have night vision. Let's go see in the dark. I have right. 300 feet of dark vision. I and do not. I are, you have, are you a Twilight Domain? Yes. Where's my money, Dakota? So he goes, all right, we'll go ahead and get you guys to the entrance. As he turns and he goes to a closet, opens it, opens another door, and just goes and points out and goes, Delta's gonna get up. Delta's gonna stand and bow in that really gross way, and then immediately turn and go right on in. Wait. Oh. Okay. Oh, before you go, one thing you guys do need to know: there are safe areas within the labyrinth. They are by every entrance to major every major city. That is where, if you guys need to sleep for the night, where it can be done. I'm not sure how much you guys know about labyrinth travel, but be careful. That is when you can rest. Okay. Okay. And right there, we'll go ahead and take a quick break before we go into this labyrinth. 
But we'll see about 10 minutes. So, just like walked down the labyrinth. As we're walking, so, walking into the labyrinth, because we're walking down this wooden staircase. Rickety, but not faulty. Oh, who's that? So let's get to the bottom. It's the stone, very clean stone room. With a, not a, a doorway, but no door on the opposite side. About, I want to say it's about a s- seven by five. So not very big, but enough to sleep people. So they wanted to sleep in here, they could. The size of a large tent, basically. Peeking your heads outside this room is a this long cobblestone hallway looking up. It goes off on about eight feet, and above this doorway is a wooden sign that says Thieves. Saying that this is the entrance to the Thieves' entrance. He built this entire dumb structure around this. But you're not seeing much else. It is dim light in here, so it's not total dark. There's these stones, as you guys have weird magical, like, very visible magical aura around them. They seem harmless. We are not especially more magically inclined people. They don't seem choppy in any nature. These are, you guys will see these recur a lot. These are called glow stones. They essentially just, they glow. This is these glowing rocks. That's all, you don't see too much of the size of anything. No. Goes on, it seems like straight for as far as you guys can see. For my Twilight Domain Cleric is a long way because he does have the best dark vision ever. It seems like it goes down about three, four hundred feet before you see any turn. So it's a long, just straight. But it's wide enough for you guys can almost, I think four of you guys could walk shoulder to shoulder. So it's a good about ten foot wide. Eight foot tall. Corridor. So it goes down about 400 feet. Like, straight ahead. Okay. Can anyone... Does anyone else need to see that? I would like to be able to see that. It's blind. <laughs> I flip on my goggles, so like... Just some goggles come out, or like lenses rather, and then straight into night vision. I activate the goggles of night and I see 60 feet of dark vision. And I can only do it for four. You can only do it for four? I can only do it for four. Okay. I would like to be one of them. I got myself covered. Not as far, but I got myself covered. I got 60 feet, so I'm good. Okay. Great. Well, I will do Eyes of Night. You guys have superior dark vision. But do not suffer penalties for being a bright light. Hell yeah. (laughs) Best cleric in the game. In my opinion. My opinion, it's always Forge Cleric, because I've always had a soft spot for blacksmithing. Grave, 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 grave. I'm a little goth boy. The only cleric, the one of the very few characters I've ever played in a campaign that's got up to level 1720 was a Twilight Domain Cleric. Right after it got released, so I have Matt's like super strong. Is there any like loose stone or rubble or anything, or is it no, like completely it clean? Very tidy, not like in the sense of like the gelatinous cube goes through here. That kind of unnaturally, there's dust and stuff, but it's there's nothing seems to be loose. Seems like this was okay. like the road almost. Got it. Very fitting um, because the, a lot of the road roads in Thebes themselves are similar to this cobblestone as mm-hmm. kind of road. Okay. Shall we? Yeah. You guys got left? Yeah. You guys got right? I'm going to say, let's go left. To the left, to the left. Yeah. That's exactly why I said left. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to head out to the left, and I'm going to take out one of my darts, and I'm going to cast light on it, and keep it 
and my left hand fully enclosed. Okay. I'm trying to find my pen. I can't find my damn pencil. That's fine. Give me one second. This is bad damning. I thought I had a pencil. How dare you? I, I apologize. Can I get a marching order? Well, you guys walking, like I said, it is big enough for some of you all to be walking side by side, so some of you could be walking side by side. I'm definitely going to be going first. I will be in the back. I'll sit somewhere towards the middle, but closer to the back. Okay. I will follow behind. I think I will probably stay in the back as well, towards the back end of things. Aren't you our melee? Yeah. You gotta have all sides covered. True. Very true. Plus with this lance, be like, ten feet, stab. <laughs> ten feet. Okay, so Delta, Loris, we're halfway, we're at the direct middle now. So I'll put a... Fox wouldn't be in the middle, so we'll just put him in the middle. Yeah, for sure. No, that sounds good. Fox, and then we have Wizard. Mr. Wizard. Electronics. I don't remember what insurance commercial was, but I always... When I see wizard, I always think of I summon wizard. Okay, Yu-Gi-Oh. No, more like Magic the Gathering. I love that game. Yeah, me too. I have my box set of Brothers War right here. I have my CDH decks by me. Ooh, I don't have money for CDH. CDH. C-E-D-H. We'll talk about that later. I've made mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. So here's what I have for a marching order. If this is wrong, yell at me. Delta, Loris, Fox, Chronix, Ronaldo, Michael. Yes. Sounds that good. sounds correct. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of how we're going to move on. All right. You start moving. Yep. After about 200 feet or so, nothing. Kind of walk past the glowstones to kind of light up a little bit brighter. You keep going. You're moving through. At this point, everything seems to be okay. What's your passive perception, by the way? Mine is a 15. 15. What's your passive investigation? Also a 15. Both of the 15. Would you like to know my passive insight? No. Also a 15. A 15. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Way of mercy. You just, as you get through looking up the glowstone, just barely, you can see the st- of wires on the floor. Cool. I'm going to hold everyone up, and I'm going to open up my hand where I've been holding the dart so it gives off more light, and I'm going to investigate the wire. Going to make me a quick investigation. Actually, no, your passive is good enough with that 15. Cool. It's a tripwire of some kind. Cool. Guys, we have a tripwire of some kind, and it's up here. Does anyone want to handle it, or do you want me to handle it? Me we handle could, it? Okay. We could always step over it and then save it for... If we are being chased, someone's bound to step on it. We oh. can use it as an indication if someone's either trailing behind us or if we're being chased and set that for them. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, I'm going to carefully ballet style step over it. Sounds good. Easy enough. Yeah, easy enough. You all step over this wire. Your passive perception was just high enough. That 15 it was a 14 on that on the check there. Ooh. So, kind of going through. After you guys get to finally where this turn is, Labyrinth, like I said, it, it maintains this cobblestone shape. But as you guys see, it starts to, and right where it starts to bend, the cobblestone starts to become looser and looser, almost now it becomes gravel, more earth like in nature. 
and it turns into this room and it gets wider. And on the far side of this room, as you peek through and look, four of these they look like malnourished horses. Like their ribs are on the body of the horses are visible, but the top half where like the neck would start is skeletal in nature. They smell rancid. And there's four of them kind of roaming aimlessly within this large 20 by 20 room. On the back side is where the next area is. And this room goes from like gravel to dirt and grass almost. Completely barren except for these four weird looking horse things. On the opposite side is where the next door is. Guys, we got like undead horse things. Has anyone worked with those or dealt with them? I'm new to this place here, so anyone? Thoughts? My favorite enemy is monstrosities. These are not classified as monstrosities. Yeah. Uh, Never mind. I'm out. If another ability was used at the table, you would probably figure out what they were. Can I possibly roll nature to figure this out? <laughs> yeah. You guys want to roll nature. Dang, I don't even know why I asked. I get no bonus to it. Oh, let's see what happens. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. I got a 15. <laughs> hey, that 15 good enough. You look at them and you're not in the sense of, oh, I know what these are. Science and shit. You're kind of looking at it and you're like, I'm a holy person. This is my divine senses are tingling. These things appear to be almost like they're on. Mm, lovely. I relay this information so I don't want to alarm anyone. But these things are undead, so yeah. So, should we dispatch of these items of death? Perhaps to fire? I think for this, too. <laughs> Just let me know what I can do a thing. Hmm. I can do a thing as well. So there are two possible ideas we could have. We could shoot them with fire. Delta, do you want to explain a little bit more exactly what this thing you can do is? Oh, yeah. So where I come from, like way back in the day, right? We, like my monastery, we had a bunch of like magic stuff and we pursued information and knowledge and we shared it with anybody who wanted it, right? And so we all had to take classes. Because we had to take classes, I learned a couple like handy little like just little baby spells just little things i can also do this and i open up like in my other hand i have my spear and i let it go and then i cast my telekinetic feet with mage hand and i make the spear dance a little bit and then i grab it back with my hand quick question how far up are you guys still visibly looking at the four dead things maybe <laughs> I'm asking, are we no, it's one of those it's one of those we, we kind of peer around the corner peer back <laughs> peer around peer again <laughs> If we could cartoon it with a corner, I would love to do that, but... TM says yes. Yay! We're cartooning this shit. <laughs> I'm totally cool with cartoons. Yeah, so Delta makes his spear dance, and then he goes, Oh, I also, I can do a thing that we used to call Sacred Flame. You too. That's, yeah! Sacred Flame Buddies! And I hold my hand out for a high five. Touch it. <laughs> like, like, Still counts. There is something I can do, but I would have to get closer. Okay. So I'm hearing two sacred flames. Mikey, do you have sacred flame or smite or something that can be used at distance? So I can thunderous smite them, but that would cause probably more problems than it could. Yeah, we'll, we'll just leave that alone. Paladins okay, so, don't get cantrips like that. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm thinking. We get our sacred flame bros, bros in the non-binary non sense, and then I do my thing, 
and then everyone else does their thing. If we decide to attack these. Do we want to attack them or do we want to try to sneak around them? <laughs> a little hard. It's not impossible. I don't know what the rest of the labyrinth is going to have, but maybe solving one problem at a time might actually make it easier in case we need to turn to duck and run. Next one that peeks its head around the corner to look at him. <laughs> Again, because he has a cartoon kind of looking at him and talking. Huh? <laughs> I look, I'm gonna look around the corner. Yeah, I look around the corner. You see all four of them are now standing and it's staring directly at where you guys are at. Oh shit! <laughs> and then when I come around the when Fox comes around the corner, he's like, good news. I think we can make a decision quite quickly now. I think Ooh. we might have to fight the horses. They are okay. staring. Okay. It looks like we're fighting. Then <laughs> I can. You want to do a sacred flame with me? Delta, we can try that and yep. try that at least get a couple of them. Okay. And yep. I will so wait for you. When you two peer around the corner to look, huh? two of them eyes flash of red oh. as if they were holding some sort of action. Oh. As you just peer around the corners. And when we come back next time, I need you guys to both make me wisdom. <laughs> that is it for session point five, guys. When we come back to this lovely game, we'll have our first combat. <laughs> oh, I didn't shoot them. I was gonna do flamethrower. I was gonna be a Charizard. <laughs> oh jeez. See, here's my thing. We had the two sick, the sacred flame bros, and then they were gonna do their thing, and then I, because I'm a hunter archetype, I was uh, going to shoot and hope I hit, and then hit the second one. Make a, a fifteen higher. foot cone of fire. Come <laughs> yeah, on, you can make the. Your, your, there's four of these things. Remember, Jim. yeah. But yeah, so. That ends it for our first, like, session of this game. Holy shit, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting out of it now, buddy. <laughs> nope, I've signed a commitment. Listen, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. You did, you survived your first session. Congratulations, you are now officially one session in. <laughs> yeah, and this is where I might get a lot, I might get yelled at. <laughs> These things are a lot of fun. I built these creatures from scratch, by the way. Oh, I cannot wait. This is gonna be a good time. If I can send the picture, I would have, but I can't send. If I can, let me see if I can try again and send what these things actually look like. You would have post it. You should be able to. Every time when I was trying to, it was like the file is. Oh no, that's never a good time. While Minnie is looking for that picture to show the rest of us of the unnerving nightmares that we're about to have for the next couple of weeks. Literally. <laughs> That's basically what I think these are. Yeah, exactly. I'll do a little bit of housekeeping. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the premiere. Yeah, the premiere episode of A Walk Among Gods, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast and video podcast. We'll yeah, workshop the words a bit later, but anyways... Minnie, you did an amazing job, my friend. I am so excited to see where the rest of this adventure awaits. And for the listening and viewing audience as well, you're going to have to come back in about two or so weeks to figure out what is going to go down in this labyrinth. Who will survive? Who will die? What other horrors are about to go down in this labyrinth? You're going to have to come back and find out. But from me and the rest of everybody here from Vibe Tribe Productions, we like to thank you. And as always, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, let the good times roll. Until next episode, we'll see you later. Thank you for tuning into another Vibe Tribe production. We really are glad you're here. 
We're going to have to come back next time to see how the adventure unfolds. But until then, take care of yourself, remember to love yourself, and make sure that whatever you do, you keep those good times rolling. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>